Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Support for this episode comes from Modern Football Technology. Modern Football Technology provides real-time opponent tendencies and self-scout while eliminating manual data entry into Huddle, DV Sport, and Exos. If you're tired of tools that are time-consuming to learn and perform inconsistently at best, then we recommend Modern Football for a fresh perspective. Schedule a demo today at teammofo.com to see a battle-tested tool that's proven to perform and deliver value. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use a coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. And listen to our recent episode featuring Folsom High School Defensive Coordinator Jordan Ersick to learn more about how the 2023 California State Champion uses modern football to dominate their opponents. Just like it does for players focused on achieving their goals for the next season, the offseason begins a journey for the coach as well. As we've been talking about on the podcast, it's time to review and reflect and determine where your team goes next. But it's also a time for you to determine how you will grow as a coach and develop as an individual in this profession. Recently, I shared an episode from our archives with Ohio High School Hall of Fame coach Tom McDaniels and he talked about how a coach should major and minor in something each offseason. Much like working on a degree, your offseason professional development should have a focus and be targeted on key areas that can help you become a better coach in both the long term and short term. I would suggest that you look at this in terms of how you develop your technical tactical skills related directly to what's happening on the field, as well as how you develop skills for the player coach relationship building your position unit or team culture, and your skills related to organization and management of your position unit or team. I've put together three resources which will be available this offseason that give you an operating system for your work as a coach, whether you're currently a head coach, coordinator, or position coach. More about those soon. Today, I want to get you started thinking about your off-season journey and share an excerpt from Bill Walsh's book, Finding the Winning Edge. Coach Walsh was one of the best ever because he knew how to look at everything from how all aspects of coaching fit into the big picture down to the finest details of what it takes to win from the individual position, units, and team. Though this excerpt is over 40 years old, It reads like it was written recently. The knowledge Coach Walsh shared is timeless and can help you in your development now as much as it did many coaches from his coaching tree who went on to have outstanding careers as head coaches. So we're going to go through each of these recommendations from Coach Walsh step by step, and I'll add a note here or there. I've been fortunate to coach many successful teams over the years, so I'm excited to tell you about Signature Championship Rings. 
a championship ring company who perfectly captures your winning season and fits your budget. Signature Champions specializes in fully customized rings for your high school and college teams, partnering with more than 10,000 teams across the country. What sets Signature Champions apart is the coach experience. The ring ordering process is streamlined and hassle-free with Signature Champions ensuring their coaches feel like MVPs every step of the way. Visit SignatureChampions.com podcast and get your team championship rings today. Use the code podcast to receive a free coach ring and ring box with your team's ring order. Link is in the show notes. And listen to our entire champion series presented by Signature Championship Rings to learn from state champion head coaches on how to take your program to the top. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. So this starts with Coach Wall saying, the offseason is anything but. This period is a critical time to accomplish specific functions of your organization and team. Accordingly, it is vital that you bring the same attention to detail and specific structuring to your objectives in the offseason as you do to your practice structure and game planning during the regular season. The offseason used to be a time when coaches could ease up on their schedule a little and address special projects, work with new players, and get some needed time off. With the increased demands that many clubs put on their coaches with regard to evaluation of both college talent and free agent pro personnel, the way a head coach and his coaching staff much approach the offseason has changed drastically. First and foremost, the need for systematic planning of the off-season program has become acutely obvious. Specific criteria and a set of detailed objectives for each of the key areas that should be addressed during the off-season must be established. Otherwise, you may get to the end of the off-season period and find that the organization has not accomplished as much as you had hoped, a situation which will severely hinder your team's ability to effectively handle the challenges posed by the upcoming regular season. So I, I found it interesting how he talked about this and how at that time they viewed that uh, the offseason really had diminished in terms of time. And I think that's just continued to go that way. That includes the high school level as well. So he continues on with some steps. Among the steps that you should take to ensure that your team's offseason program is productive are the following. One, set up a detailed calendar of critical dates and deadlines for you and your staff during the offseason. Coach Walsh goes on to outline how this calendar really is around evaluating personnel, scouting the draft, etc. Now, we don't have those things at the high school level. At the college level, we're into recruiting, and we need to be very organized with those periods, understanding what the NCAA calendar is, how this fits into other things like our offseason training plans for our players, etc. But I would also suggest that you set up an individual calendar for yourself. How are you going to develop this offseason? What are the things that you're focused on? What are the clinics that you're going to? Or what staff trips do you have planned to go meet with another staff to learn more about what they do? So all of this really needs to become a part of it. And as Coach mentioned before, 
If you don't plan these things now, that time is going to slip away from you. So you want to put those things on your calendar. They certainly want to be around the way that you're going to develop this offseason like we talked about. The next one is important as well. It's to identify specific time periods your staff can plan on having off as vacation. So whether you're the head coach right now and you're setting that up and you want your staff to understand, hey, here's what the summer looks like or here's what the spring looks like, Having that plan is important. You want to give your people the time off that they, that you need. And as the individual coach, you can be proactive with that as well and letting your head coach know, hey, here's what I'm going to need for my family this offseason. And I think vacations just is such an important time, spending time with your family, getting the batteries recharged. You want to make sure that that goes into your calendar right now as well. The next thing he recommends is scheduling times for staff meetings to review pertinent team issues and to identify steps for addressing those issues, like system analysis, player evaluation, incorporating new players into the system, off-season conditioning, etc. You can certainly have some general meetings, but I think it's best if you're the one setting up those meetings to have that specific agenda and keep it focused on a few things or even one thing. What's the plan, for example, for your off-season conditioning program? You want to bring your staff together to discuss that. As a position coach, you may want to have those meetings ahead of time. And instead of just jumping right into the weight room when you get back in January, have a quick meeting and explain, hey, here's what our objectives are as a position group. Here's the things we're working on, etc. So those meeting times are important, whether you're the coordinator looking at how you're going to advance your offense, defense, or special teams, the head coach and the overall organization of the program, or even the position coach meeting with your players and figuring out the things that you really need to work on so you can put the focus on that. So set those meetings ahead of time, look at your calendar, and get those scheduled. The next step is to establish an environment with your veterans. And at the pro level, obviously, these are the people coming back. But when you think about it, for you, these are your upcoming seniors, your upperclassmen, returning starters, the guys who are leaders on your team. It's time now to lean on those guys. And whether you have a specific uh, curriculum, some coaches have that. I've done that before. Or you're bringing those guys together to get the pulse of the team. Maybe it's a a formalized leadership group, etc. I think it's important to do that, again, at all levels of the organization. So obviously the head coach with the team and planning those things, the unit coordinators, so offense, defense, special teams, and even the position coach, establishing those things. You need leaders at every single one of those levels. So that's something you want to ensure that you're doing right now and that everybody's expected, knows what's expected of them. So here's what Coach Walsh says. Establish an environment in which your veteran players are challenged to refine and improve those skills and techniques that are crucial for success. Getting your existing players, particularly those who have been with you for a long period of time, to commit themselves fully to an off-season improvement program can be a formidable task. Unfortunately, not every NFL player has the work ethic of a Jerry Rice. So again, who are your bell cows? Who are the guys you can rely on? Start building around them. And it could be something very formalized, or it can just be your attention to detail and talking to that player and making sure that they stay on top of their teammates to get things done in the off-season. I mentioned this a little bit in talking about having meetings with your position players, but the next thing he talks about is ensuring that every player has a complete understanding of what is expected of him in the offseason. 
For example, a specific set of conditioning objectives and how those objectives should be met should be developed for each player. Your coaching staff should work closely with the team's conditioning coaches to make sure whatever conditioning goals and programs are established for the players are consistent with the objectives you have determined for the team. In the event that a player is training off-site because he lives in another town, his training program must be coordinated with your conditioning coaches. Your staff must make sure that anyone who trains your athletes and under understands and adheres to your priorities and training program guidelines. It seems that this one is becoming a challenging one. It's a challenge I actually faced back in 2004 in a program that I took over. And, and I remember going to the weight room. Um, and this is while I was an assistant and a coordinator. Then the next year I took over as a head coach. We had 13 athletes in this brand new, beautiful weight room, new equipment. 13 of the athletes showed up because while the facilities were substandard, they just started going out to other gyms, working with other trainers. And I really looked at how do we attack this problem? And I said, you guys can continue to train with whoever you want, but I need you here 90 minutes, three times a week. And that's how we started it with those guys. And we got great attendance. Everybody bought into that. They went and they did their supplemental stuff. Um, we did one consistent program there. And eventually I found out, okay, here's the guy who all these guys are going to. And I brought him in as our strength and conditioning coach. And, you know, for most of them, it solved that problem because he was there with us. He did a great job. But that's something you need to think about in terms of developing your players as a position coach. What are some of those things you want to make sure that are in your offseason program? Um, it could be looking at certain types of drills. For example, I know with my work with Scott Peters, uh, there's a, a, a drill they would do in the offseason that would work the hips, right? And set up it's it's simply a strength and movement and conditioning type of drill but now you're working some of those skill patterns in the off season how can you fit those in that so that your guys not are not just lifting weights that they're doing some things that develop the movement patterns that you're going to need out on the field so think about all those things now before that training program gets going how are you going to implement those throughout and, and as the head coach i think you need to consider each of your individual position coaches needs in terms of developing some of those things. This next one, again, certainly applies to the pro level, but I think this applies to college and high school as well and thinking about it in somewhat different ways. So Coach Walsh says, take steps to assimilate new players physically and mentally into your team system. Given the constant turnover in personnel due to free agency, off-season workout sessions are more critical than ever. One of the essential keys to making free agency work for your team is how readily and effectively you can absorb newly signed players into your system. Life in the NFL used to be relatively static in a team that would have a base core of players who would remain with it for a number of years. Such a situation facilitated communication between coaches and players because a majority of the team was familiar with the team's way of operating. Previously, if one or two players were added to the team, it was fairly simple to assimilate them into the system because it was relatively easy to focus on their particular needs. In the free agent era, however, it is not uncommon for teams, offenses, and defenses to have three or four new faces in the lineup, not just backups, but frontline starters. As a consequence, it is critical that a team do everything possible in the offseason to absorb these new players into its system in order to provide as much continuity as possible into the upcoming season. 
This is one I think is really important, and it's not just the new players, but it's those guys who are going to step into a new role. Maybe they were a backup. Maybe they didn't have time on the field. How are you going to get them up to speed with where they need to be physically and mentally to be able to be a starter or a contributor to your offense, defense, or special teams? And I think there's a lot of ways we can look at right now with the technology available both free and cheap, that we can really start working on our systems a little bit at a time in the offseason so that we're becoming better. I had last year around this time, Matt Jones, who's now with the Tennessee Titans, made the jump from the FCS to being an assistant line coach with the Titans, talking about things he did in the offseason to just keep his players thinking about football and developing. And it was really just minutes a day that he was doing those things. So think about that plan for your players, those freshmen who are becoming sophomores. Certainly there's going to be some guys in that group who may be able to contribute, right? What are you going to do to make sure that these guys have the football IQ they need so that when you do step out onto the field in the spring or in summer or in fall camp, that these guys are ready to go and contribute? From a technology standpoint, whether that's using something like Google Docs or getting into systems like Just Play, utilizing free things like Go Army Edge, there's so many things you can do that don't require the physicality of actually getting out on the field, but start to work your guy's mental side of the game. And it doesn't have to be something that's overwhelming. If you have a situation where a lot of your guys are in multiple sports, You can give them something in just minutes a week that will help them improve as a football player. So we'll get into some of those specifics in the offseason and look at some examples of what coaches are doing to improve their players' understanding of the game, increase their football IQ, especially within their own systems as this offseason progresses. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. One that we've been talking about as we've wrapped up the season is in this next one from Coach Walsh. So evaluate your team's personnel immediately after the season as a prelude to identifying your team's needs in the free agent market. Of course, we don't have the free agent market. Uh, We don't have recruiting necessarily if we're at the high school level, but this is something I think is important. You do want to understand your personnel. Keep in mind that sometimes it can be very time-consuming to be as thorough as you would like with regard to assessing your players beyond rating your players versus those available in free agency. Again, we can't do that, but we can certainly evaluate among what we have within our program. Among the steps that your staff can take to evaluate each individual player are the following. Identify those skills through which a player should be graded and establish a standardization of what levels make up those grades. So looking at your off-season grading, going back to what you did in the season, what are the standards you want to establish? Make that standardized across the board so you can start to identify, okay, I have a hole right here in our starting lineup. Here's a guy who's going to get plugged in or potentially get plugged in. Review each grade and any comments given to each player on every play during the season. It's vital to determine if an athlete is having 
a recurring problem with the same concept. This stuff will give the staff a chance to emphasize to the athlete his deficiencies on that particular aspect of the play or sequence. Of equal importance is the fact that if problems with a particular player series are recurring with more than one player, it may indicate that the dynamics of the player series have not been adequately communicated to the team. I think that's very important as you take a step back from the season and start to evaluate those concepts. What was it about those concepts causing those problems? Again, we've, we've talked with numerous guys about those, and I suggest that you go back to some of our recent season series episodes where we were talking about wrap-up to help you identify some of those things. Coach Walsh continues, indicate each player's contribution to the team and how the staff perceives that player's role in the upcoming season. I think that's important, looking at where guys are. Can this guy really contribute? And if the answer is no, what do we need to get him to that spot? What's his individual plan? Project what the team's expectations are for each player for a three-year period. Again, that depends on how long that guy has left in your program. Coach Walsh was certainly talking about NFL there. Make a video of each player's 10 best plays and 10 worst plays from the past season, illustrating the athlete's most accomplished skills and those most in need of improvement. I love this idea. I think giving those guys their 10 best or even asking them, go pick out your 10 best and 10 worst. Put it on them to do some of that work for you. Let them take ownership in it and have that conversation. Review, you know, take some time in meeting, postseason evaluation. You did the wrap-up exit interviews. As you head now into January and you're sitting down with these guys again, take that opportunity as a conversation about their development. What were your 10 best plays? What were your 10 worst plays? Let's sit down and watch them. If it's somebody who didn't have a ton of plays on the varsity level, take a look at their JV film. Whatever you can to help them evaluate where they are will help you improve them and help you develop that plan. An episode that comes to mind we pulled from one of our clinics was Billy Napier talking about ignition reels where they did more aspirational things. So they took players from, and this is for the college level, so they took players from the NFL who were doing some things that they would like to see out of their players in their program. So for you, maybe that's looking at how players do things in that particular position or in certain concepts at the college level and putting together an ignition reel as well. So you have that opportunity, their 10 best, their 10 worst, and something aspirational in what we mentioned with Billy Napier's ignition reels. Next, Coach Walsh talks about evaluating your team's system. Every play and series from each of your games during the recent completed season should be evaluated to determine its effectiveness and whether it should continue to be part of your team's overall system. Given the extensive demands on your staff's time in the offseason, it's often extremely difficult to coordinate everyone's schedule to conduct a comprehensive system review when the entire staff can meet together to analyze the relevant materials. As a result, your coordinators need to assign specific tasks to the assistant coaches, both individually and in groups. This step will enable a wider range of areas to be covered within the existing time constraints. The system review should be performed for all runs, protections, individual routes, and route combinations. Obviously, you want to do that in all phases of the game, so defense and special teams as well. The same review and methodology should be applied to critique and analyze each of the situational and contingency offensive plays used and if these plays need to be revised in any way for the upcoming season. So going 
to the very specific of not just this play, but let's look at our third and longs. Let's look at our red zone passes and evaluate the effectiveness of those. What was best? What do we need to do differently in understanding those situations? It's going to make you a better game planner and a better play caller. Coach Walsh continues, in order to accomplish this step, a viable measuring tool to compare each of the aspects of the offense in these situations should be developed. Whatever form the system evaluation takes, it should include the following features. A system of rating the efficiency of each play and series should be developed to quantify the success for that play versus other series in your system and against its success in previous years. A determination of the particular skills needed to execute the play and series. Really believe in that one. Something for each position coach to do is to look at every single play. What are the skills? What are the techniques we need to constantly be working on on these particular plays? He continues, a determination of the reason the play or series was or was not successful. For example, talent level, execution, defense, etc. A determination of whether your present talent level is capable of executing this play or series. I think this is ultra important as you're looking at how you move forward. You have to have an understanding of your personnel, as we mentioned before. And are they going to be capable of that? Maybe you had a quarterback who could just throw the ball all over the field and the next guy isn't quite that type of guy. So some of those things start to change. Or maybe you had that receiver who could just always take the top off of the defense. So you have that ability to develop some of those things in the offseason, but you also have to be realistic of what will these guys be able to do when I get them to their top level, when we get them to spring, summer, fall camp, game one, etc. A determination of the future of the play for the coming season and cut-ups of the 10 best examples of why the play worked and 10 why it didn't work. So just like we did that with the players, create that playlist for each of your plays. I love that idea as well. And then the last thing that coach recommends is establishing a procedure for rating each play in series. The following points should be considered when developing such a procedure. Keep in mind that one of the most difficult football-related aspects to quantify is the relative level of success or efficiency of a particular play or series. In numerous instances, for example, the simple measures of yards gained per attempt or completion percentage do not accurately convey the true value of a specific play or series. This is where the context of the game comes in. So again, looking at those situations, was it successful in that situation? A run may have only needed to pick up one yard in a short yarded situation or down on the goal line. And so that run is going to get skewed if you're looking at just those situations, right? Or including those situations. So think about open field, on par downs versus special situations and how those work as well. So a lot of different ways you can evaluate that. He talks about using several databases that exist. Um, If you're at the college level, there's a lot of analytics that you can get into. I think at the high school level, there's analytics within your systems like Huddle. There's those that go beyond and give you an even better picture of that. We mentioned some of that like with modern football technology. One of the preseason episodes we had with A.J. Antonescu from Lake Travis High School, and he talked about how they utilize that technology. So there's a lot of things out there I do believe are worth the investment of your budget to look at how can we better analyze 
what we're doing. So we're making good decisions right now in the offseason moving forward and certainly making good decisions in season. Coach Walsh continues, in conjunction with existing databases, each team needs, however, to develop a way to measure the relative effectiveness of its plays and series solely with reference frame of itself. Although such a mechanism would be totally subjective, its subjectivity could be tempered somewhat by the experience-based judgments of your coaching staff. Again, analytics, you know, AI, all those things that we're getting into here as our technology progresses still has to come down to that coach and his understanding of the play and feel for the game. So coaching staff is important, but the numbers are going to give you a starting point. For example, one of the things you would want to do is discard a play or series in which you have faith because just a set of arbitrary numbers doesn't add up right. By the same token, you don't want to retain a play series that is not providing the necessary level of production. So those are some suggestions from Coach Walsh. As I said, one of the best to ever do it. His recommendations of what you can do in the offseason. Again, summing those up, set up your calendar. Be sure within there that it plans your vacation and schedules important meetings. You want to establish that environment with your returning players. Start to build that culture. Set objectives and expectations with your players. Make sure that your newer players are assimilated into what you're doing. Those guys moving up from the freshman level or the JV level to the varsity. Things are new now. They're different Make sure those guys understand how that changes for them and increase their football IQ. Evaluate your personnel. Does it fit with what you've done in the past season schemes? Evaluate your team's systems. What's successful? What needs to be discarded? And establish a procedure for rating each play and series. So great things to get started with. A lot there that you can take a look at. And it doesn't have to be this huge project that seems overwhelming. It's little things done over time, scheduled into your calendar over the offseason that are going to make a difference both for your professional development, some of the things that you focus on for yourself, as well as how you're able to better develop and enhance the play of your players. Be sure you tune in all offseason long. We have a lot of things coming up for you. I mentioned our resources that we're developing in the head coach coordinator and position coach operating systems that will be available for you this offseason we have some great guests coming up and as always we follow through the season offseason with things that matter to you right then and now so we're excited about what we have planned for you be sure to go to coachingcoordinator.com to follow all of our episodes our series get other information read our blogs and develop as a coach